Yo, what's going on? This is your host, Juan Gray, and welcome to the Words to Success show. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing on Julia Haber. Julia is the founder of Wave, and she's someone who, instead of finding an excuse, found a reason to go after what she really wants. I think this is going to be inspiring for a lot of people, especially young women entrepreneurs or people who want to start something of their own and are maybe in college or in school they don't know what to do maybe they don't have clarity of where they want to go julia was in a situation where you know it wasn't the comfortable it wasn't the easy decision to make but she decided to go after what she wanted and she took a chance and now she's thriving off that and she's someone who's currently doing the work currently traveling to where she has to travel setting up the meetings she has to set up and growing her company one day at a time I think there's a lot of value in this episode, lots of things that you can apply in your own life, and I hope you enjoy. Let's get it. Vamos. Vamos. Success for me is really feeling inspired by what I'm doing. I would just say stick to your guns and, and know what you stand for, and if you need help defining that, that's great, but don't change who you are with it. It's so important to have a routine and feel consistency in a world that's so inconsistent. Entrepreneurship, every day is different. You're always running around, your schedule's crazy. Just have persistence and, and put yourself out there and connect with people emotionally and personally is what I would say. Julia Haber, welcome to the most badass show on the planet. How do you do? Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Julia, I'm going to get started a little differently today. I want to ask you if I meet some of your friends at a nightclub and I'm just start talking to them, how would they describe you? I think it's a good question because I'm not usually a nightclub girl. So my friends that are there may not think of me in that way. But if they were to, they would probably say that I am a loud person um, in the right setting and definitely the person who would go up to the DJ and request a song because I'm very opinionated and and not afraid to share it. Um, And always the one who's trying to keep the party going, keep the socialization. Um, But I don't think I'm the girl to dance on the table. So um, just love to have my friends around me and they'd probably say something along those lines. All right, so you're more of the girl that goes and requests the DJ to the DJ yeah. the, the song, but does not dance on the table. Not on the table, but definitely in like the group of friends. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right, very cool. So to entrepreneur right now, um, you were in school, in college, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. how did you get to now having a business, building a business, being where you are right now? Like bring, bring me back to the, the early days in, in that yeah. process. So college was always kind of the trajectory for me. And I knew that that was a path that um, I always wanted to pursue kind of to help me uncover what I was really passionate about. And I went to school um, in upstate New York at Syracuse. I was in the communication school studying um, PR. And I always thought I was going to end up doing something in fashion PR. I had a lot of experience, um, in event planning and kind of in that fashion sector. So I kind of went to school with the assumption that I'd just graduate, live in New York and do something in the PR world. And I quickly found that that was not something that I was great at. I didn't love writing and where I went to school happened to be very much in the middle of nowhere. Um, and Syracuse is a great school, but there really isn't that much around it. Um, And it really kind of forced me to reflect and think about 
how I wanted to define my experience while I was in college. And I quickly really kind of found myself being a go-getter on campus and wanting to kind of start my own clubs and, and start different initiatives on campus. And my freshman year of college, I really came up with my idea that really manifested into my business today, which is kind of crazy that it's been um, that long that I've been passionate about kind of the way I've defined my business today. So nuts. Mm-hmm. And so for those who don't know, tell me a little bit more about your business and when yeah. did you get the idea of, of starting and pursuing that? Yeah. So my freshman year of college, I informally came up with the concept of waves. So Syracuse, as I mentioned, is really not surrounded by a lot of things. And I figured it could be an amazing opportunity to bring experiences to campus that aren't facilitated by the school, that aren't connected with student groups, but really just something that students would feel passionate about and want to engage with um, in a really experiential way. And I thought of basically creating a pop-up shop um, in a really highly trafficked area on campus. And I ended up doing this my freshman year. And we had um, a bunch of entrepreneurial companies in the experience. But the elements that ended up being really successful was um, our corporate sponsorships and our more established brands. So we had uh, AT&T sponsor the experience. It was, I think they put up around 50 grand for the pop-up. And we had a lot of corporate companies, one being Lululemon, and they ended up making a crazy amount of money in a day and a half. And the average spend per student was something like over $500, something crazy. And it just ended up being a really big insight moment that there's an opportunity to really connect brands with students and students with brands in really personal and tailored ways on college campuses. Um, and obviously college is such a desirable demographic for brands, but also such a meaningful time for students in their, in their personal journey. Um, and it's really hard to actually build relationships um, if you can't physically get in touch or in person with people. So my company, we've Basically, we're the brand of the college market entrusted by brands and college students so that whatever experiences we bring to campus are really hyper-tailored and personalized for every school we go to and every brand's message so that it's clear and allows them to actually tell their story in personal ways. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're in the middle between colleges and these brands, right? So how do you go about finding out because you're talking about tailor, like getting, being tailored. So how do, you about, how do you go about finding out what is the best way of approaching a different college and a different brand to make mm-hmm. sure that you get, you get the, the best of both worlds and you present the products and the brand in the way that's going to be the most attractive to students in different places? Yeah, it's a great question because this is really why it's not being done already because it's crazy tedious and a lot of data. So we've basically defined um, about 1,800 campuses in the U.S. that are our perfect demo, which happened to be for phase one, wealthy private schools in the middle of nowhere. Um, And these schools are just a more desirable demographic just because there isn't competition as if you're going to NYU or um, UCLA or these other campuses that have more activities around them. The likelihood of attention that students will give to these experiences is higher because there's no competition. So those schools are our starting points. So 
we made a conscious decision to be consumer facing. So we have a brand, Wave is a brand that is intended to resonate with college students and brands as almost like a verified validity element so that when students see these experiences on campus, they know they're tailored to them. And the way we tailor it is basically we have a tremendous database of students who have actively signed up to be part of our community, which has basically different levels of involvement depending on you know, your skill and the intentions that you have to partner with us um, and all of that. But we scout out every campus we go to and we make sure we have legitimate partnerships with the schools through sponsoring organizations and faculty programs and different initiatives so that we can get onto campus because a lot of schools have a do not enter policy, meaning brands that aren't affiliated with the university cannot come on. So we make sure that wherever we're going on campus is the highly trafficked place, is the time of the year that's the most relevant, has the same values that um, the brand is trying to convey, whether it's you know a more liberal school or it's a more conservative campus or it's a more retail focused school or it's a more you know social responsibility campus we basically have buckets to help define that and we work really closely with the students on campus and our peripheral contacts to make sure that the themed experience we bring makes sense to the students right so you have a lot of i guess pitching and and presenting selling two big brands, right? So mm-hmm. what were some of the challenges early on, maybe still today that you face and what have you learned that you were like, wow, I really, if I would have done this in the beginning, it would have helped my, you know, my closing rate a lot. Yeah, I think it's, it's a combo platter and still learning every day. So we're not, um, or I hate saying that we're a pop-up shop company because we're not, we're really a brand that adapts via experiences and, a really common misconception when I come into pitches is that brands think that we're just literally pitching a tent and going to be in the middle of campus and just make it a really unengaging experience. And that's, I think, what pop-ups have been defined as or, you know, the, the installations in cities that are basically Instagram playgrounds. And something for me that I've learned in the pitch process is really defining what WAVE stands for and the position we take and having a clear tone of voice and a goal um, in the pitch. So frequently agencies have to adapt to the needs of the brand, but we made a really conscious decision from the beginning to have some golden rules and guidelines that are non-negotiables like being consumer facing, um, even to the Unilevers and Procter and Gamble's and the Netflixes, um, there we will never white label, and it's and it's a very particular standpoint, uh, which obviously has you know some some backlash sometimes. But for me, learning that um, from the beginning, really to think about what who's in the room, what do they care about, how is that going to change the outcome, and what's what's the signals that aren't being said that are being expressed um, that I can read into so that we can make it a more beneficial partnership. But it definitely takes time. And because we're just not retail, we're technology content creators, all these different kinds of brands we work with, there's no cookie cutter approach. So still learning every day. And someone who wants to get into business, let's just say that they were in school, um, or maybe they're still in school and they want to get into business or they want to try their own project, their own business, their own Mm -hmm. venture. What would be your piece of advice 
for someone in those in those shoes right now? Yeah. Well, for me, I've always been kind of hacking my college career. I went to school knowing that I am not an amazing test taker, that I would kind of have to find non-conventional routes to find success. And for me, a lot of that came from relationship building with my professors or other high stakes figures on campus, which really helped me stand out as a student. Um, And if there's anything I've learned from all of college, it's go up and shake your professor's hand, get to know them on a personal level, really share things you care about and you're passionate about because it'll follow you in your life. And there's no easy path or there's no, you know, one approach to take if you want to try something new, but you can surround yourself with professors or mentors or people who can help guide you. You're not going to make a wrong decision. You'll just learn from everything you do. And it'll be helpful um, because they'll help pick you up when when you're going to fall because it's inevitable that we all do. Um, so just have persistence and, and put yourself out there and connect with people emotionally and personally is what I would say. Absolutely. What would be the number one thing that you think that has helped you as an entrepreneur? Like maybe it's something that you do on a daily basis. Do you have a, a specific thing that you do on a daily basis that because of that, you think you're moving forward much quicker than maybe something that you didn't do maybe prior to that? For sure. So one of the first things I would say is my mental health. I think for me, it's so important to have a routine and feel consistency in a world that's so inconsistent. Entrepreneurship Every day is different. You're always running around. Your schedule's crazy. And I'm sure you feel that too. And it's it's hard to find a balance and a rhythm. You, I'll probably never have a nine to five. So um, exercise and eating healthy has been really important for me in, in defining that kind of path. And inevitably, um, it's allowed me to think about my schedule in a different way. So when I really started taking this business to the next level, I would sit down either first thing in the morning or every night before I went to sleep and wrote out a to-do list and categorized it by um, necessity and, and timeline so that I could really focus for the next day or that morning because it's inevitable there's going to be 9 million things to do. But if your thoughts aren't organized, there's no way you're going to be able to even attack anything. So the days when I don't list are so much more challenging than the days where I do have a clear agenda of things to do and, and how to get them done. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You're talking about scheduling. This morning, I was actually working with uh, my my programming team on an application that is basically about scheduling for high-level entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs, CEOs. And so my question for you right now is, what would actually interest you in an application like that? Like, What is something that you think would help you within your scheduling, your time management, that mm-hmm. um, time management is like one of the most important things. You know what I mean? If you're super busy, totally. all these things going on and how to actually make sure that every minute of your day is properly spent. Mm-hmm. The number one commodity that once it's spent, you're never going to get that back, right? So what would yeah. be something that, not that you're struggling with, but that can be improved and uh, what would interest you in an application like that? I'm kind of just curious yeah. right now as, as I'm actually working on that for reels. Totally. Well, I'm happy to A-B test for you, but I think that for me, um, I have an amazing chief of staff. She, before I had her, I was 
so frantic scheduling meetings with people via email. They don't respond. You don't have to, you have to chase them or they respond to you and you forget to respond. The back and forth is really challenging for me. So if there was a way that it w- there was like a clear integration into Gmail where it didn't force me to then go to my calendar and create the invite and then basically send it and go through that whole process, that would be one thing. And then the second I would say, I don't know if this is a relatable problem for people besides if you're in you know a big city, but obviously New York is crazy trafficy and it takes time to get everywhere. And if there was a way that in my calendar, if I had a meeting uptown at 11 and then a meeting downtown at 1230, it would account for how long it would probably take me to get from place to place in between the two meetings that are scheduled so that I know that I don't overbook myself or there's enough time depending on like the transport. That's a lot of my, my struggles. Yeah, like within your schedule itself, right on the calendar, mm-hmm. you're able, it's able to say, okay, I have a meeting downtown, then I have yeah. a meeting uptown at this time. And it kind of buffers that time in between of exactly how much time it would take depending on your transport, right? And it goes exactly. directly into your schedule. So you know not to schedule anything between that time or that you might have a bit of free time for or something else, maybe do yeah. a call while you're traveling, you're able to do depending of what it is. Right. Exactly. Yeah, because be every, I don't know, I, about you, but like every kind of 15 minutes is blocked off in your day, right? Mm-hmm. So it's so important that you know all those pieces of information. You're not, you're just guessing because right. you know that you have an extra 25 minutes there or you're missing an extra 25 minutes. Um, it makes a huge difference, especially yeah. for you know high-level CEOs, entrepreneurs, and, mm-hmm. and who are managing really, really big companies. That's uh, every, every minute is, is, really, is really important, especially during that time frame of their day. Yeah, especially when other people are booking your calendars for you and they don't have a sense of like how much time it's going to take and and the lead time and all that. So if you make that, I'm down. You're down. Awesome. I'm going to come to to New York. I come off and so I'm going to come uh, and we'll go uptown, downtown, test it all out. Test it out. I love it. (laughs) Exactly. I remember when I I got my first assistant, uh, Bianca, she she was like so, so, um, so great at scheduling everything. But at the same time, just because my schedule started going all over the place and then I had this, those little things made, made, it, diff- made it even more difficult in one way or the other, you know, like yeah. she, it helped so much on s- some ends. But then on the other end, sometimes it was like a double edged sword where I was doing something. But then because she scheduled something that and she didn't know I already kind of had something, it, it just yeah. became like a mess. And I was like, I struggled so much during the first like two years. So hectic. systemize that properly you know and it wasn't her fault it was just the fact of like all these things being at different locations and and uh so yeah that's yeah it's that's, hard but it's nice to have the support from other people so absolutely absolutely so what would be your piece of advice like your big piece of advice to a woman entrepreneur right now woman entrepreneur, woman, maybe even artist, um, an actress, someone who is deciding to take, you know, their career on their, their own terms. Everyone does, right? Or someone who's basically even has, has a job right now and wants to get to the next level. What would be your piece yeah. of advice? Maybe has people that are doubting, you know, doubting and saying, you know, it, you're probably not going to do it. It's not the right decision. Um, right. What would be your piece of advice for, uh, for those women out there listening? Yeah. I mean, I would say in my experiences so far, I think what I've learned really is that nobody 
knows what you want or what you need better than you do. And it's great to get feedback and opinions from other people. But at the end of the day, they're always going to give some piece of advice from a perspective based on their own life experience. So whether you talk to an investor or you're talking to a critic or you're sending your, your work to somebody and they give you feedback and you feel that that is so relevant or it doesn't actually define how you view yourself or whatever, I think it's important to just really say, you know, this is what I stand for. And if you have that clear position, don't adapt to everybody because you have to advocate for yourself and have that clear tone of voice because everybody's going to have an opinion and it's really challenging to stand up for what you believe in all the time, but you'll get the most respect from people when when that happens. I During the earlier stages of, of WAVE, I would always ask people, what do you think? Do you think I should change this, that, whatever? And I would find myself running in circles, trying to please all of these people who had different ideas. And at the end of the day, I realized that this is my life and my choices. And if I fail, I'll fail, but I know I'm failing in a way that I believe in what I'm doing and asking for help when I need it, but not trying to change who I am just to everybody's opinion. So I would just say, stick to your guns and and know what you stand for. And if you need help defining that, that's great, but don't change who you are with it know what you stand for yeah i love yeah. that actually yeah this this morning i was reading a book called um outwitting the devil i don't know if you've you've heard, no, of, it. I've heard of it um by napoleon hill and and one of the things that he's he, he mentions a lot is definiteness of purpose right so knowing what it is that you want and once you do there's just nothing that stops you once yeah. you know so what you want no matter who is going to get in your way like nothing and in this case scenario it basically talks about about like the devil himself and it kind of gives him a persona which is really interesting and it's kind of him talking about the people that he can get as part of his army and he says Mm -hmm. the people that don't have definiteness of purpose are the people that are very easy to be manipulated by me as the devil because they are people that I can put things in front of them very easily all kinds of temptations all kinds of you know little things that are going to you're going to, you're going to think it's going to make you happy, but it's just, it's just short term enjoyment. Right. And so you become a slave to that, but people that know a hundred percent what it is that they have to do and they're clear about that and there's nothing that's going to stop them and they become like, no matter what type of individuals, Mm -hmm. then that's, those are the people that, you know, he, he can't touch. So I thought that was interesting. It's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I think off of that example, I think a hundred's really hard to feel good about every day if you're still in a vulnerable spot and people don't, you know, you're still trying to figure it out. But if you're more than 50% about what you're feeling and you think you can defend your case, then I think that's enough. Because if I felt like I needed to get to a hundred percent, I don't know if I would have felt confident enough to be there. But if you have enough to stand on your two feet and defend it, if somebody's saying something to you, I think that's good enough to to advocate what we, what you stand for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to get that book. You need to get that book. Yeah. Do you read a lot? I really try, but I'm more of a listener. Um, I try to listen to podcasts every morning and I, because I'm running at all times, it's easier for me to like listen to books. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely a murder mystery kind of girl, but I'm always about those professional advancement books as well. So I'll take any recs. This would be a, a perfect time to be like, hey, now we have Audible here yeah. as a sponsor. <laughs> Audible actually did reach out to us. So we are going to be doing potentially something interesting with That's Audible. So 
Yeah, it's a <laughs> so she does it's not so read. Sad. She's a successful entrepreneur and she uses Audible. <laughs> Um, natural plug-in very yeah my voice just swaps you know it just changes but it's like it's very organic right let's get your promo code exactly the promo code it's like the only thing that's planned of the whole the whole talk i love it (laughs) yeah so so what kind of books do you actually um which books have actually i don't know either impacted you empowered you inspired you yeah i mean the this is such a basic answer but honestly lean startup has been really one of the bir- first books i ever read in this like kind of entrepreneurial perspective mm-hmm. um and it really it's just a really good tester to think about if you could see yourself taking the risks and going through the journeys that um that other people are going through and it's a really good tester um but what I've really found myself gravitating to are magazines, which is such a throwback because I don't really know people that buy magazines anymore. But whenever I'm traveling, I always buy like Entrepreneur, Inc., Fast Company, and I just read them probably like three times over and try to understand the themes that are going on and the companies that are being talked about and try, trying to really keep up on the kind of like journal side of things and how... Um, how companies are being discussed because it's it, it would be cool to work with people that are very relevant. So I try to do more relevant and de- daily news kind of stuff than, than books just because I simply don't have time. But that's always every year my resolution to read more. So if you have recommendations, I'd love them. I'll text you some uh, later today. Perfect. Sweet. Are you a reader? I am a vicious uh, really reading a uh, machine <laughs> how what's the fastest you've ever finished a book um i've read probably about like five books in a day already Ooh. so it's a couple wow maybe you hours. need to rub off on me a little bit yeah just i mean i i love i love reading sometimes i um i love reading i, I, I do like to listen as well I don't read five books uh, a day usually. <laughs> it's not like my everyday routine. Yeah, maybe uh, if you're on the beach. If you're on the beach, yeah, or or like uh, yeah, anywhere where you have you don't have any option to do anything else. Right. It's, it's a good right. use of your time. Yes. But um, yeah, I try to see I try to see books as you know more than anything for me. It's just like a an interesting opinion. You know, as an actor, I'm all about. I, I just what I love about acting and the reason you know, that I first got into it, I think was just because I was obsessed with human psychology Mm. and and, uh, behavior, right? And as an actor, the more you understand human behavior and can kind of break it down in the smallest actions, Mm -hmm. the smallest uh, thoughts, because it's all in the thoughts, right? So when you're looking at an actor, for example, and you're like, wow, that, that was incredible. That was so real. It's because the thoughts that he was having in his, during he was performing, right Mm -hmm. it wasn't even a performance like he was actually having the thoughts that that character was probably having and he was there he was present there was nothing else it was that moment and even though it was a it was it was not a when he was shooting that scene you know there's a hundred people there on set you have a mic right there you're okay action Mm -hmm. again and you're doing that multiple times to get the right angles and the right you know the right shots and everything there's still during that action and cut that moment when it's real and it's real to him right so i try to understand and everyone's you know that writes a book it's real to them it's something that that's their 
honest and real opinion of what they think. And so I really like to, to see and to, um, to understand, try to understand different people's opinion. Cause that's all it is. I don't believe there's an absolute truth, you know, always in books, but I like to see what about that is my absolute truth, right? Cause maybe mm-hmm. you might have a different truth to somebody else. Um, I do think there's some things and some concepts that are hundred percent universal, but I, I'm just super interested in reading everything from like personal growth to business to, you know, some CEOs to talk about like financial, um, you know, financial uh, terms and what we're, 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 a certain industry is going to something where it's just about like a story. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I love, I love kind of breaking different things down like that, but I always understand that it's a very strong opinion of someone never mm-hmm. a, okay, that's exactly what, what it is, you know, but you right. learn a lot from that. So much. And probably it's helped you personify people through different like journeys and people's lives and, and mindsets. It's, it's, you're right. It's such a psychological profession. Like you need to really get into the mindset of all these people, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's just say if I was getting into, you know, I was, I was, I was going to say if I get, I was getting into your body, but that sounds kind of weird. So I was, like, if I get into your mind, yeah. <laughs> you know, if I stepped in your shoes, yeah. what would be the thought or the thoughts that Julia Haber has on a, like on a constant basis? Let's just say I would write down the thoughts. What would be the number one thought you think that, that you have? Hmm. I was talking about this with somebody the other day. Um, what percent of my thoughts are wave? What percent of my thoughts are other? And it was just a really interesting exercise because what percent of your life is impacted by what you're doing every day? Um, whether it's your physical time or your emotional calendar or your, you know, where you stand physically, I realized that probably 85% of my thoughts are about how can I enhance the business? What am I doing today? How do I change my thoughts on this? Where, how do I move the needle um, on all these business things? But when I think about it, like what are, my, what are my thoughts continuously through a theme? I would say it's like, how do I bring this to the next level across the board in every phase of my life, whether I'm doing a Barry's Bootcamp class and I'm sprinting, like how can I bring this to the next level? Or am I in a business meeting and I'm feeling like it's going in a kind of direction that I'd rather it not, or it's going in a positive direction. How am I bringing this to the next level and kind of just defining that, um, as a position and not being submissive to thoughts that either kind of feel negative or that are challenging, which doesn't mean that, you know, I don't have hard days because there definitely are, but it's more that just trying to reframe my, journey through business or personal, but just bringing everything to a place where I know that you can always do more, you can always be better, but um, just little by little, how can you just change your perspective on those conversations is I think how, how most of my, my thought process and my brain goes down. Yeah. So would you say most of the time, well, a lot of the time you're thinking, okay, how can I, how can I improve this, right? Your, your brain is always looking for ways that you can take your business, um, your life, you know, different aspects of what you do to a whole other level. So you're always kind of thinking and then your mind is 
it's kind of like your your eyes are searching the, for those opportunities and then the back totally. of your mind is always kind of is always on even if you're, you're you could be present with someone and yeah. that's something that I was talking with a friend the other day over lunch it's like you can be very present but there's some people like I don't know about you but I, I feel like you're probably the same way that you could be very present but at the same time there's a there's a part of your mind which is literally always kind of fired fired up right always. it's always it's always active it's always alarmed and it's always kind of it's creating like its own thing while yeah. you're having this conversation but it's not like you're distracted or not even there it's really you're so present but there's like another side um of that right so for sure it's a really good way to put it it's so depleting sometimes because i think that kind of mindset is is what really the core of my business is it's connecting people things brands, values, whatever, which requires me to kind of always be alert and thinking about how to best marry a bunch of ideas together, which is like when you have like background things going on in your brain, it's inevitable that you'll think about how do you plug and play and, and combine those things. And it's so true. It's, it's not that you're not engaged. It's just that you are just multitasking to benefit the conversation or some other goal you're working towards. But I think it's definitely a personality type. I, a lot of my friends don't have it, but mm-hmm. some do. And it's a, it's a definitely like defining character element. I think it's a really good one and it can help you get ahead in a lot of ways, but it's also important to be able to complete kind of shut off, you know, or, or just kind of relax it because even that part of your brain can, like you said, get, it it could be exhausting. Right. So actually uh, on the application that I was telling you about, you know, for, for CEOs and everything like that, there's a part where it actually naturally within the same app integrates your own customized meditation. So like it's like a 10 minute blitz that literally, cause I feel personally, um, you know, I have a lot of friends that they meditate for, for, you know, 30 minutes to some, some of my friends meditate for hours. Right. And And I mean, that's, I think that's great. But for me, it's just not realistic to be able to meditate for like I would, you know, but at the same time, I I just wouldn't because I rather, um, but like literally even doing something like a 10 minute, even a minute, like if you're focused for a minute, it feels so good and you're breathing and it just, it just feels great, you know? Um, so like, I think you can from one to five to 10 minutes and it's kind of customized to also like where you want to go and everything like that, but also just kind of allowing that part of you to literally rest and relax if you're doing that like two times a day and giving yourself those 20 minutes, like I think you, everyone has 20 minutes for their own mental health and everything and to kind of work more. Cause if not, it's kind of like a, a uh, diminishing returns, you know, you're, you're putting out all this and you're always working, but if you don't allow that time to, to actually recover and, and just kind of, and, and, and get ready again, then you're not doing as much as you can. So you kind of have to take a step back so you can take three steps that are way, way further. I agree. It's a disservice if you're doing too much to be able to even, you know, give the value it deserves. Absolutely. Julia, what is it that you're struggling the most right now with? Mm. I think every day is a struggle in its own capacity. Some days are struggles as good problems. Like I have too much to do and and every good thing is happening and there's not enough minutes in the day to, oh my God, I wish this deal went through. I just spent X amount of weeks working on it. Um, to, you know, this was an amazing, successful weekend, but I wish this could have happened differently. So I think for my mindset right now, um, something that I'm struggling with is 
manpower. We have so much excitement and, and, and demand for what we're building. We're obviously, you know, still getting to that level of success. Um, and it's always going to iterate and grow, but where we stand right now is there's so much growth opportunity and actually being able to put the manpower behind it, um, and move as fast as my brain works and, and all of our fingers can type and meetings to go to, it's hard to keep up with. But I think just reminding myself every day that there is, you know, a path and it will take time. And if it's moving quicker, then, you know, we'll iterate and, and go as we need to. But I think would love to have like six more employees. So hopefully that will be happening in the next little bit. But um, definitely struggling with keeping up with all the exciting demand, which is really a good problem. Yeah, scaling is, it's kind of, it's, it's an interesting challenge, right? To mm-hmm. be able to properly scale and to to grow in a way that, you know, you, you hire, but at the same time, you make sure that everything is in place so you're properly able to hire and also make sure that the people that come in, they, they already have that culture. They have that culture and you could probably scale so that everyone that comes in, you know, is the right people to come in, but also they come in right. You know, they come in and they understand what they have to do and they're able to bring to, uh, you know, bring the best, their best selves to the company and also mm-hmm. make sure that they're like, that they, they love and they're able to connect with the company itself. Right. So it's kind of, you build that family from day one. Cause if not, if you're just kind of scaling really, cause you're scaling so fast and you don't have the time to properly do that, that can be like a big disservice. Uh, you know, and, and very, very quickly you'll realize that. Definitely. And I think we deal with that more than just an employee basis, but our student network is so massive with thousands and thousands of students who message every day who want to be part of it. It's, we don't want to lose the value of being part of the community if the inbound is too high and that we need to have processes to be able to make, you know, it actually a meaningful connection rather than just you sign up to an email database and you get hit up occasionally. Like it, it, it the scale side is, is challenging, but I love what you said about making it really meaningful and, and that it's the right fit and, and that it all makes sense when it's the right person in the right time. So it's definitely, it's definitely a science and it takes time to, to get that right formula. Mm-hmm. And about processes, you know, systemizing in your business is so important, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you properly systemize in different areas of, of your life to make sure that you can put a strong, create a strong system, a strong process once, and it could flow naturally and put less time mm-hmm. as, it, as you, as you keep going, you know, less time, less effort, but because you created a strong process in the beginning. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because our business is many facing, has many facing directions. One is to the brand. So almost like an agency model. One is to the students, which is like a brand relationship model. Um, and one is to the vendors, which is a whole nother model and kind of managing all of those three different areas are super challenging because they're all kind of different sets. So one for the process of um, the contractors is is negotiating in a capacity that they can understand in the language that makes sense. And then the other would be, how do you build a community around a, an age group that people don't really understand? And how do we make it resonate and feel natural to them and keep them involved? And then from the brand side, how are we you know, selling through campaigns? How are we moving forward with the process and what are our goals in scaling this business? So 
there are some things that I have a very clear perspective on and my team knows that I need to approve. But a lot of times I just say, go with it and show me what you did because we can always fix something. But if you're just sitting Mm -hmm. there kind of stagnantly um, and waiting for approvals and having so much red tape, it's like only so far you can go, especially with an earlier stage company. So I think just being able to be adaptive, especially when your business has so many areas and just training the right people so that you can give them the wings to fly rather than micromanaging everybody. Yeah. Making sure that they know that they can be proactive, right? That's so important to have people that are proactive. And once they know what needs to get done, you know, they can take the, you know, the, the, the lead as well. They have the, sure. they know they have the green light and make things happen. Cause if you're always kind of waiting for what's next to do, then you're never going to grow a really big, um, you know, c- company and scale in that way with, with the, if your main team is like that, everyone sure. has to be pro- proactive hundred percent. I like what you said about, um, about giving them the wings to fly. Right. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to actually end, um, quite, quite soon start wrapping up, but I, I want to know what do you think is your greatest strength as a, as a entrepreneur? Hmm. Huh. So I think it's kind of combined in a couple areas. Um, but it all has to do with emotional intelligence. Um, I'm by and large, almost like 99.9% of the time, not the smartest person in the room and probably never will be. And that has been something that I think has been a really big asset because it has allowed me to reflect and look at what my skills really are. Um, and a lot of it has to do with connecting with people and being able to put myself out there and shaking hands with people I don't know and going to cocktail hours where I feel a little uncomfortable and and schmoozing and building relationships in ways that some people don't. I mean, I'm, I'm a young entrepreneur and I think that one of the reasons I've found success um, even at this early level is just that I've been really lucky enough to put myself out there in situations where I'm really not comfortable. And when I first started my business, when I right out of college, I spent that whole summer meeting with anybody and everybody I could and asking them to refer me to other people that would potentially be interested. And I knew that I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I knew that people could help me if I was willing to be vulnerable and put myself out there and connect with someone and help them see kind of my vision. And I think that has been one of my best assets in being able to connect with people so that they can believe in you and your business may change 9 million times. Your song may change 9 million times. Your, you know, your, your piece of art may change 9 million times, but if they believe in you as a human, that's the key. Um, so I think the, the reason I found success is just that um, I've really rallied an amazing group of people around me that have taught me so much and I still learn from every day. Absolutely. When you say you found success, what, what is success to, to Julia Haber? Yeah. I mean, I think there's little nuggets of success that I feel every day, whether they're actually tangible or something on the more emotional side. Mm -hmm. Um, Success for me is really feeling inspired by what I'm doing. Um, You know, we're still a really early business and we're growing so much every day. It success could be defined by the amount of revenue. It could be defined by the number of brands, the number of campuses, the student engagement, but I ran an event this weekend and we had um, two amazing college influencers. One came um, to co-host an event we had it and it happened to be 
live panel with a bunch of really high up industry leaders with like 25 um, really tailored college students to come in and, and talk with them. And for me sitting, narrating that panel and looking into the audience and watching the eyes of these students engage and, and listen to speakers and just feel so, so much warmth in the room, that was success. And there was no metric behind that, but it was just an emotional feeling um, that is something that really motivates me every day. And finding those little successes um, are the reason why I feel like I have the strength to do this. So just looking for that in everything and having a big goal is important, but appreciating the little things along the way make a big difference. I love that. Yeah, totally. So I want to ask you one last question. And that is, if I give you a piece of paper right now, and on that piece of paper, you have to write down everything that, you know, the most important thing that you've learned in your life so far in a, in a piece of paper. And that's a paper that you're going to be giving to maybe a loved one in, in the future and maybe a future son, daughter, you know, some, someone that's going to look at it every single day. It's going to be in their pocket every single day. And they're going to look at that to remember you. And also that's going to be, that's going to be the piece of paper that they're going to see the advice that could change your life. What would you write on that piece of paper and what would be your words to success? What a deep question. Um, I think it would have to, a lot to do with the values I grew up with. Um, and if I could wrap it up into one thing, um, I think it has a lot to do with treating people with respect and being a really good human. Um, because frequently that's overlooked. And I think in a society that we have so many goals and there's a lot of egocentrism and we all are chasing something, which is a good thing, but it can also kind of take you away from uh, some from some really great values and thinking about, you know, being a good human at the end of the day, good people triumph, triumph over bad people frequently. And there are the rare cases where that's not the case, but really if you have a good heart and you have people's best interests in mind and you're not manipulative and you just take everything you can to just remind yourself that you need to just treat people well, um, it will further you as a human for sure. The people that are, you know, involved in themselves and, and in their own worlds and don't think about others are the ones that really just don't have people rallying around them. And I think it's just important to treat people with respect and love and values. Mm -hmm. Love that. Well, thank you for sharing that. Of course. Thanks for having me. You're a great host. <laughs> I appreciate that. Next time I'm in, New York or, or in LA or, or yeah. when you come to Montreal, whatever, we'll, we'll uh, link up and we're going to try this beta or, or depending on when it is, but probably it's probably soon. So it'll be at the beta phase and we're going to, um, I'm going to be 10 times more productive. Love it. I need it. A powerful CEO out there. So all <laughs> awesome. you do is open, open the application and that's it. Then, then that's you, it. You're more <laughs> you become the first trillionaire. Trust me. <laughs> I'm down. I'm ready for it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And, uh, and I wish you all the, the success in your own terms in the near future and uh, yeah. over the rest of your life. Wow. Thank you. What a great way to leave and a good day. You too. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks.
All right, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Julia Haber. If you want to learn more about Julia, you can go to wordstosuccess.com under episodes, and all her links are there. Also, thank you for everyone who is supporting the show, sending it to their friends, tagging us on social media. Keep tagging us while you're listening to it on Spotify, on iTunes, Google Play, whatever it is, and we will give you a free shout-out for that. So thank you guys for supporting the show, and I'll see you guys on the next episode. A lot coming, baby. Let's get it. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.